0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Grecian's Gossip. Uh, I'm Howard Lloyd. I'm joined with David Byron. Hello. Dan Clark. Hello. And Jamie Hawkins. Oh yeah. Um A few things to discuss today. I guess the obvious point uh, is starting off with the uh, defeat to Accrington Stanley on Saturday. Now, all three of you are at the game. David, I'll start with you. What happened?
1: Where did it go wrong? Uh, well, where did it go right? Was probably more to the <laughs> point. No, um, I thought I thought they were just incredibly one-dimensional. Um, first half, especially, they just kept hitting it up today with Wheeler playing it long, and it just blatantly wasn't working. I think part of that is because Atkinson did their homework. They kept it. They kept the defence deep. They pushed. Uh, they pressed high in midfield, and it just gave so it no time on the ball. It meant Ruben Reed couldn't get in behind the defence, which is what he's very good at doing. Couldn't turn the defence, so he always always had his back to goal, which isn't his best position. And then when that wasn't working, I thought we got this plan B. We'll go to long, long to David Wheeler, but the problem was David Wheeler was double marked out of the game, and they just didn't have anything else. And then, you know, two soft goals. I, th- I think actually, I think I put it in my match analysis. Accrington played the way City played earlier in the season. That sort of quick hit hit sit on the break and just be very ruthless in front of goal, and City just had no answer to that. Done. Uh, sort of the whole thing. It's sort of from a. From start to
2: finish, just a very, very disjointed performance match Exeter City. Obviously, they made the, a few changes to the side, but then the tactics sort of just didn't kind of match up. You sort of had, you know, Joel Grant in the side comes in, he, he, he's unpredictable, he gets the ball, he'll run at players, bring some tricks, but Exeter played so deep that, you know, he was you know, sort of almost sitting back, defending and sort of just couldn't, he wasn't in the game at all, but... There was such a huge gap between the midfield and Ruben Reid who was very isolated up front that meant you know you sort of felt that there was no real pattern to the play or anything. And they were sitting so deep against a side that didn't have any pacing behind. So it wasn't like they you know, Billy Key was going was gonna to burn the centre-half's pace. It just sort of sat too deep, too much space between the, the back line and the front line. And as a result, it didn't really... Create anything didn't get into the game, and it was one of the, I mean, one of the more disappointing performances of the season because at Quinton, they looked fairly solid, but other than sort of Shane McCartan, never really looked like, that actually create anything you know from open play, and, and they didn't really create anything from open play. It's a goal from a a free kick and a corner, and you know, that would be the disappointing thing. They've been beaten quite convincingly by a side who weren't really that impressive to start with. How did you say,
3: Yeah, it was just like a few months ago with the poor home form. Um, I, can't, I was just trying to think if we created a real shot on target. Can't actually think.
1: We had a header in the, in the first half. Oh yeah, that was so. Yeah, I think that was that. And that was, yeah, had a shot on target. A header in
2: stoppage time that went straight at the keeper, yeah. and that, and that, mean, was, that, that was, was it really. Other than that. yeah. There was, were a
1: couple of golden chances with Watkins firing over and mm. Grant stabbing
2: wide. Yeah, Grant, he should have scored. Yes, yeah. that was very poor. But didn't um, force the keeper to make any saves. Yeah,
3: I thought what made it worse was Accrington. I thought were quite poor. Really, I mean, they their game plan worked well. They you know set up and they just the first goal was you know, just a free kick. Bobby should have saved it right behind it. Um, yeah, it was just really flat, especially in the second half, being in big bangs. Nothing and when we were 1 0 down, I just couldn't see us getting back into it really. Like the Blackpool game, when we were 2 0 down, we actually created chances. Um, but yeah, it was a very flat performance for a team that's chasing the playoffs we need to be doing better than that. Because mm.
0: yeah. it kind of highlights some of the problems City have been having recently, doesn't it? Some conceding soft goals and uh, just struggling to put teams away like they were when they were on that run recently.
1: Yeah, um, well, th- that was the thing. I, I always straight up confused about. The, the, you know, Watkins blazing over, Grant stabbing wide. Both of those were, were chances that we should at least be hitting the target from. Mm. If one of the, those goes in, it's a completely different game. I mean, Paul Tisdale said post match that he, he thought the side were a bit nervous, but I, I, I suppose that could be that could be like uh, summed up with, with Watkins blazing over. But with those being the only two chances, of sort of, and well, Wheeler as well. But those being the, the three sort of main chances, you think they should be scoring at least one of those. And they, those were arguably better
3: chances than that. Kington had game games well, apart from the, the two goals. Especially as it was Wheeler and Watkins who were being exactly top goal scorers. I've yeah, seen.
1: yeah. I mean, Wheeler didn't do too much wrong with his with his chance. He sort of headed it into the ground. Perhaps got a little too much on the header, so it sort of just bounced up nicely to the keeper. But yeah, I was I was surprised to see Watkins just fire over. Yeah,
2: he did
3: well to take it past everyone. Yeah, yeah,
2: just And yeah, mm-hmm. that sort of you know the Ollie Watkins chance in the second half sort of sort of epitomised what sort of went wrong because that was pretty much the only time I think Ollie Watkins was in and around the box. Yeah, spent a lot of the second half sort of picking out the ball deep inside his own his own half. Sort of that's not where you. You want him to be. You want fast. it to be. Yeah, and sort of the ch- all of the changes that sort of were making It was almost throw all these attacking players on on the pitch they and the hope that something shape, happens. I mean, you know, Liam McAlinden coming on at left back was sort of he you know, was nominally playing at left back, but sort of you know two or three times would make a run forward, didn't get the ball, and then realised five seconds later, oh, hang on, we've lost the ball. I'm supposed to be chasing back in a left back position was wildly out of position it was just throwing a lot of you know all the attacking players at it hope something sticks but there was just no sort of pattern of play no real formation and it was mm. just a complete mismatch of players at the end which sort of, partly I suppose led to the fact that they couldn't really create anything because no one really knew where they should be
1: playing. I think um, Watkins going deep is probably the biggest criticism I've had him had it this season. You know, he's had a great season, don't get me wrong. But at the beginning of the season, when City were playing poorly as well, he just kept dropping too deep. I mean, it's almost over enthusiastic to try and win, win possession. But with the way uh, sort of influence the game, but with the way City play, with Reuben Reed up front and Watkins playing does off of him, they can't afford to have Watkins dropping back that much. No. because it just completely isolates Reid yeah you've got Reid up so.
3: there and he's holding the ball and there's no one around him yeah. for,
1: to receive it mm. I guess the other question is some of the goals they're
0: conceding as well I mean they've be leaking quite a few haven't they
1: yeah and I thought both goals were completely preventable on, on Saturday mm. both both I I'm hesitant to say his fault in a way because you know they, they were good well the free kick was a good free kick but they were savable I would say mm. I, I can't Playing him too much but um, yeah and the defence looked shaky I mean Luke Kroll came into the side and Pierre Sweeney both of whom especially Sweeney in the first 15 minutes or so you could tell they hadn't started in in however many months it is that they, they hadn't started for and Kroll is probably one of the most confusing players I've ever seen in the fact away from home he looks like a championship player you know I, I remember seeing him at uh, Colchester on his debut and I thought City have got a real player here and then at home, he, he, I mean, I've seen quite a bit of Conference South football this season. Now I think he, would <laughs> look out of place there. To, to be honest, it's just completely bizarre. But um, and I, I, I think it was a wrong, wrong game to make, change, make that sort of change. To be honest. Mm. Yeah, sure.
0: Um, in, in terms of in goal, we mentioned Leicester I mean, coming. Is Pim still out injured? Is that
1: a um, I suppose to reported this morning, and Pim is looking at coming back for Yeovil on the twenty fifth. So that's two
2: more games with (laughs) Alešnik in. You sort of kind of feel that you know, although neither goal was specifically Alešnik's fault, you feel the second one sort of gone through his hands. Probably should have got should have got better. The first one, the whole thing from when the free kick was setting up, and sort of sitting up up on commentary and was sort of just saying this looks wrong. This looks the the wall is set up wrong. The positioning of Alešnik is wrong. You know, Watkins for for the free kick. Was lined up outside the far post, so what is he doing? You know, he, if it hits him, it's going wide, so you don't need him there. <laughs> you know, then you could sort of see as the free kick was taken, Alejnik was, was, wasn't going to get across, so he got a hand to it and couldn't kept it out. And you kind of feel that it feels like Alejnik's probably going in the summer anyway, whether Paul Tisdale will, you know, give James Hayman a go. And I know mean, in a game one or two earlier in the season as a, you know, sort of can he be a be trusted? Can is you know, if Heyman's your third goalkeeper, do you need a third choice goalkeeper at League Two? Probably not. And he sort of sees feels that with if Pim's injured and Alechnik's out of form and still in the side, then that does raise questions over you know, James Heyman's future really as to when is he gonna play, so what's the point of having him around?
1: And with the second goal as well, i, I just point out, sorry, sorry for interrupting. It was, uh, I, I'd never seen it from Bobby Leeson before, but he just didn't know whether to come for the ball or not. And I, I sort of saw the replay as well. He sort of gets caught probably about three or four yards out of his goal, try, facing the ball, and just not in the right area. If he's on his line, he could save it. If he came out and collected it, he'd put the player under pressure. But that position, it, 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 as you said, he's it, it, just too close to be able to make a good save. And uh, I've, I've never, you know, I've always been impressed with the way he can command his box, but he just
3: didn't know whether to come through or not on, mm. on, on Saturday. Of... Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bobby actually, I'm always active, but um, like you say, he's normally so commanding and normally you can hear him, like from the <laughs> other end, <Yeah. laughs> shouting, but he was silent on Saturday, didn't hear him trying to command his back four at all, maybe because he didn't really know with <laughs> Kroll and Sweeney what to do with him, but... I think he's just lost his confidence completely, having um, you know, been out the side recently, yeah. and yeah, like Dan said, maybe he's got an eye on the move out in the summer.
1: And I think as well, you really saw the difference on Saturday between him and Leznik with with their distribution, because as I said, everything was just going long to Wheeler. Mm which I've noticed a la does a lot mm, too much and uh you know it, it just really sort of blunted them in a way because as soon as we enough just them went up. straight out anyway yeah yeah mm,
0: well we have discussed in the past we, about distribution being perhaps a soft soft spot for a lane or not so um actually really it's head there as well I guess in the bigger picture I mean city remains seventh so it's in the final playoff spot but um suddenly looking a bit precarious and they've got a two point cushion haven't they before uh, four eight so um,
1: David how under threat Do you think that is At the moment It is two weeks In a row That they've only Saved in the playoffs Because of t- uh, what Teams elsewhere have, have done Which isn't You know It's not confidence Inspiring going For the final Ten games is it But um, I think The next I mean with, with ten games left It's easier Let's say This sort of Big block of games Are crucial But the next Four games Are crucial That's two games Cheltenham and Diogo Who are two teams That you know Maybe one eye In the relegation zone Mid table Not got too much To play for then Mansfield and uh, Luton two games against teams gunning for a playoff spot one place above them one place below them if they get the through those four games with I think any less than eight points I think playoffs are a big ask but any more than eight points then I think City could uh, yeah I think they'll get into the playoffs
2: I just sort of feel there's a lot of sides you know sort of stumbling at the moment it's almost like no one really wants to wants to take ownership So sort of Carlisle lost again they sort of they're back in the playoff picture now, and you sort of feel they've got to be looking over their shoulders at. Okay, let's make sure we finish seventh rather than let's make sure we finish third. I mean, Mansfield lost again at the weekend. Nobody else really took advantage of it, and it's you sort of feel that it's going to, You could might be able to sort of stumble over the line in the end. That there's no one, you know, even further down the table and you know, Stevenage have made that big run, and they they've made it from mid-table into the playoffs. But you look at the the results of other teams around them, and you just, you can't see anybody else sort of being a, sort of a bit of a bolter from you know I think down to about thirteenth you know place in the table. There's only about four or five points, but no no one there is putting together the kind of form that makes you think you know they can win seven of their last ten games and make the playoffs. So it's going to be a situation where it's going to be possibly teams going into that playoff picture at the end of the season out of form stumbling around you know, dropping lots of points and you know you can sort of see extra, you know, it's, it's not conceivable that they they fail to beat Cheltenham on on Tuesday night but could you honestly say that Mansfield you, you feel confident Mansfield are going to win as well and make the and you know they're the only team who can catch them with one win so it's, you know, it's possible that even another
1: disappointing home form isn't actually going to Affect the lead position at this stage, but then it's the old cliche. Do you want to stumble into the playoffs? You know, if, you, if you go into the playoffs on the back of a seven seven wins out of ten, you feel more confident than than sort of limping over the line, wouldn't you?
2: But you'd rather stumble into the playoffs than miss out on the playoffs. <laughs> I yeah, and that's the, and that's the, the yeah. Doesn't the
3: playoffs come when anything happens, form wise? But you know, I just walked out the ground. on Saturday thinking we don't look like a side in the playoffs at the moment. That run that we had. Winning what's it seven eight games in a row that that's what we need now. We need to be on Stevenage's run. This is the worst time to be dropping port, uh, form, sorry, and um, you know losing against teams that don't really have much to play for.
0: It is incredible how often teams seem to stumble once they lose. Oh, a yeah, long unbeaten run is broken, and then suddenly they do seem to stumble for for a few games afterwards. Um I suggest we give Paul Tisdale's um, Postman's comments a quick listen to. And uh, then we'll have a discussion on those. Disappointed of course, um,
4: ten games to go, keep on Earth. Gotta keep on nerve. I'll notice a number of changes. Um, particularly did back line one one change in particular. What was you thinking today? Why what, what are we doing today? I am not gonna dig deep into selection, the um, that's not there's no there's no excuses there nor are there no reasons there, you know, we, we're going to do well this season, it's going to be as a squad of players, it's not just ten players on the field, a squad of players, and um, whatever we're doing, we need to do it better, but it's not about today, we've had, i conceded, 13 goals in the last six games, so five of those games have been the same back four, so it's not about that back four, it's not about the players who started today, it's about collectively, we need to hold our nerve, and we need to find a way of getting some form back. Because today wasn't quite good enough, it was, I think it was, we, we looked stressed, we wanted to do too well, we wanted to try so hard, we rushed things, we've got to relax and we've, we've got nothing, we've won nothing, we've, we're, we're not holding any any position at the moment that's, that should mean that we should, we should panic, there's 10 games to go, we've got to go f- achieve. achieve at the playoffs. but that's our that's our baseline, and we're going to do it by holding our nerve, playing together, trusting each other, and playing to our best. We didn't do that today, and we can see
0: two poor goals. But invariably, goals will be poor when you look back on them. So again, we're not going to dig too deep into that. Either. Having listened to Paul Tisdale's post-match comments, um, what do we think about those? I mean, um, talked a bit about selection, a bit about the squad, that sort of thing. David, what did you um, make of it?
1: Um. It's difficult, really. I'm not sure if... You know, I, I can see why he, he thought his players looked nervous and, and they, they were rushing things, but I think partly that was because Accrington were quite... did press quite highly, and quite quickly in midfield, which meant they sort of had to rush and they weren't really used to it. Um, I think if you... I mean, if you look over the past seven or eight games, and yeah, you, you can make a case of, of City looking nervous. But uh, I think it's a, almost a bit of a, a rallying call to his players, you know? Just... Relax. They haven't done anything yet, and the next ten games are going to be crucial. Really, mm. yeah.
0: Dan. Um, he also uh, mentions the squad quite heavily, and uh, talks about how the squad really needs to kind of perform. Um, do you think City have got the squad to maintain a playoff?
2: You they, they kind of feel that, you can, particularly this week and sort of around the Easter to Easter period. There's going to be you're going to be playing three games in a week, and you you, get, you can't have put the same 11 players out three games that are unexpected I thought performance what I suppose Portista will perhaps be disappointed in in that he gave three squad players a chance in Croll, Sweeney and Grant and Kroll and Sweeney I suppose it's a lack of game time that they've been playing but they didn't perform up to the standards that you'd expect And Joel Grant was pretty anonymous first half a little better in the second half but did he do enough to, to stake a claim in the team you can't really say that he probably did and he's sort of given three players a chance and they haven't succeeded and you sort of look at the squad, there's not a huge amount of options, you're sort of saying sort of off the bench, you can, well, we know what the three subs are going to be, You know, presumably Stacey will come on, Harley will come on, Linden will come on and other than that there's not a lot that you can change games really so it's going to have to be, you kind of feel Gonna stick, pick your first eleven, stick with them. But he needs a, needs a little bit more from his from his squad players to step up when they when they have the chance. Because the ones that had a chance on Saturday didn't really take it. Mm. Jamie, how strong a squad do you think City
0: have
3: got compared to um, well, in general, compared to the rest of the league? Um, you know, it's refreshing to have a near full squad considering how many injuries they've had over the the weeks and months um, you know I think you look at the bench in terms of attacking wise obviously you've got Simpson out at the moment McAllen don't bring him on that left back <laughs> <laughs> didn't understand that at all I think you know th- with the changes I understand making changes with when you've got three games in a week but why change it back four that's been so solid and consistent I only conceded a few goals recently um you know, you normally change it in the midfield a bit. I know he dropped Harley uh, for Grant, um, but yeah, we, we don't really have a, a big squad. I don't think. You know, he normally looks to the younger players, but when you look at the bench, is there really much inspiration there? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Not in a, you know, Are you sort of looking. When you're like on Saturday, when you're two 0 down who you going to bring on that yes yeah, so he's going to change the game he's going to I mean, if you look at the three subs that made the
2: other three subs or Troy Brown
3: is a centre half so he's not
2: going to probably change it in an attacking sense and Jordan Tilson and Matt Oakley well they're they're holding midfielders so you know you're not going to bring them on when you're 2-0 down to try and change the game because well that's you know sort of not not an attacking way not the way forward and you sort of feel there's Got a lot of well, a lot of defensive options on the bench. Not much going forward. I mean, obviously, I don't know how Ryan Swan. I guess he's quite a far away. He's still not, you know, putting him on the bench in this stage. You know, kind of feel Matt J. His, you know, the chance he's not gonna make it at Exeter City. if He's not being considered as an option. And then you're sort of thinking it's not a lot else. I mean, you could recall Jamie Reid from from Torquay, but he's not pulling up any trees down in a in the division below and then you sort of there really isn't anything else out there sort of in terms of the squad I mean Lee Holmes coming back will be a big boost when that happens hopefully
1: in the next couple of weeks I think I'm sort of thinking possibly or uh, speaking to Paul Tisdale this morning he's going to be back in training next week so then hopefully back in in contention within probably about a month or so hopefully
3: that'll be a big boost definitely, yeah. if we can miss someone like him um you know, he just takes on players like they're not there, and you know, I think him and Stacey could be a great partnership. That really could be, yeah, a massive boost to City,
0: couldn't it? Absolutely. Um, David, what changes can you see Paul Tisdale making for the Cheltenham game?
1: Um, I think I'd be really surprised if Jack Stacey doesn't come back into the side, considering he was probably one of City's best players when he came on for half an hour. <laughs> Um, probably Troy Brown coming coming back. I, I suppose you know. I, I mean, you look at Troy Brown. He has spent a lot of the season out injured, and I don't think City's turnaround in form was was a coincidence with him coming back into the side. But yeah, you know, I was, I'm sure he probably could have done with the rest of reversing. Maybe um, maybe it was a wise choice to rest him on Saturday with three games in a week. And uh, I mean, Cheltenham did provide City with a tough test away from home. So I think. That might have been coming to Paul's I thinking. So I think Brown might come back in. Uh, then perhaps Harley for Grant again because Joel Grant didn't really do that much. And but then it, then you're looking at it thinking, well, hang on, that's the same side that lost at Hartlepool. So it, it's it's a difficult difficult one really. Maybe give McIlinden a chance up front, but then he's he's been so good off the bench that it's he he's sort of loath to not have that impact player on the bench. Mm-hmm. Dan, can you see
2: wholesale changes?
1: Or
2: I can't see. As we were sort of discussing, there's not the the range of options. You feel that the three who missed out on Saturday will probably come back into the side. That would be the obvious thing. I mean, whether McIlinden for for Ruben Reed possibly, but then that doesn't give you sort of any kind of physical presence out front. It sort of puts you in a, suppose, in a very difficult situation that they can't really go long because. Neither Macklinden or Watkins are going to win those balls out there, so that's a very different way of playing. I mean, maybe you're up the midfield, possibly try and, you know, maybe bring Tilson in there for someone, you know, maybe James or Taylor, just to freshen it up, a different option, but there's not a wide range of things. I mean, you've obviously got to get Jack Stacey back in the side. I mean, it's but whether you play him at right back or possibly even as an out-and-out right winger, because... For all David Wheeler has done this season, he's scored a lot of goals, he does look like an aerial presence, he sort of as a player has gone a little bit backwards in the sense that when he came into the side he was you know, an impact player, he'd get the ball down, he'd beat his man, he'd whip a load of crosses in and sort of burn out after half an hour and now you know, he's sort of added goals to that game but can't really remember the last time he actually took on a player and beat him And man, he sort of gets the ball and then cuts back inside and... Whether you push him out front possibly and play Stacey on the right wing as a as a different option, just to just to have a look at it because Stacey does look very very good going forward, and you perhaps want to take advantage of that in a, in in a way that other teams can not necessarily coming from deep to the right back, but more than attacking player in the game.
1: I say you actually uh, moving we up front would be a, a good shout. I think I can't remember what game it was. Um, I. Think uh, it's gone through. when uh, Reuben Reed. Oh, Steven, that was it. When Ruben mm. Reed uh, handballed it into the net, that was probably the most dangerous I've seen Reuben Reed play. Was when he was playing up front with David Wheeler, because Wheeler was playing more as an out and out target man, giving Reuben Reed something to run onto and everything like that. And post-match, Reuben Reed did say he liked playing with David Wheeler up front because it was he was able to play his more natural game rather than with Ollie Watkins. He sort of makes. Sort of slightly different runs It's more of an attacking midfielder Or a false uh, number 9 Or a number 10 um, Because that's a completely different different game To what he's used to So you know They even get the best out of Ruben Reed by, by putting uh, Wheeler up front But then you've got the question Of what to do with Watkins I suppose you'd move him out You'd probably move him out To the left
2: hand side As a bit of a, a three roll I guess It might not be the best position for him But it's you know the only way To get him into that side I guess it gives you He's going to be running at full backs. He's going to be drifting inside, sort of, sort of in you know, that kind of three-ish role. Teams might not know who to pick. You know, if he's drifting around, they might not know who the best player to pick him up is. But maybe it might be worth an option just for one game, just to to see how it plays out, because you know, it, makes it have become a little predictable in terms of the lineup, and so odd teams. Prepare for that in a way we know what they're going to do, we can deal with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamie, is there anyone you particularly like seeing?
3: Um, I think Stacey and Brown have to come back in the back four. I think you know they formed that back four such a good partnership. You know, Moore, Taylor, and Brown they work so well together. And um, Stacey and Woodman you know, pressing up well, like we said about Stacey getting forward ever so well. Um, yeah, I think I've played the team that's been. You know, doing well recently, I put Harley back in for Grant um, Yeah, I agree about Wheeler actually putting him up front because it's all well and good hoofing the ball out to him on the wing but when he wins the header on the wing who's picking it up And um, especially how poor the distribution's been recently um, I think Bobby will probably retain his place in goal despite you know, if he was at fault on Saturday I think um, I don't know how attacking Cheltenham will play, if they'll actually sit back and play deep. I think they're down there, but are they actually in danger? I think they've pulled away recently. So, yeah, I think it's got to go for it early and hopefully attack a lot.
0: (laughs) Right, David, you caught up with uh, Piers Sweeney, so if we um, listen to what he had to say briefly now.
5: I thought we, uh, first half, we uh, weren't great. Like, um, bit sloppy, two goals were um, first goal wasn't a free kick, um, fellas dived, uh, but we need to defend a free kick properly and it's gone in. But I think second half we dominated, we had chances, and top, we needed to take the chances really to get back into the game. But um, just need to cut out sloppy goals and, and keep, keep 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 pushing on. And is that what you feel the sort of difference between the two sides were the, uh, the sort of uh, taking the chances? Um, but yeah, like obviously we had chances we haven't taken them, I and goals change games. So like you said, I think that was the difference. I think they didn't have much, they didn't have many chances. To set P two set piece goals. So um, that's how so we dominated the second half, and I mean, there was chances there to be taken. So I think, I think we just need to, need to stick together now and push on in the last 10-11 games. And uh, your first start for a while. How did you find it out there? Yeah. Listen, I was got an, an injury at Christmas and the boys have been doing, doing really well for about two or three months and that's the way football goes so it was nice to get back out there but um disappointed in the result. Wanna wanna win games and wanna get in the playoffs, start to of make promotion so it's good to be back out there but um Disappointed with the result.
1: And uh, looking at
5: the Tuesday then, is that a sort of big game now? Now after today's result? Um, I think regardless of today's result, it was always going to be a big game for us because we're uh, we're in the top six, seven. So we need to we need to win our games and, and keep pushing on. Like we'll just keep doing what we're doing, stick together, and, and uh, we'll take it into Tuesday's game against Cheltenham.
1: And uh, in the next 10 games, you know, 10, uh, 10 games left of the season, is it sort of this now where the players sort of step up to the mark and, and show you how much they want to be in the playoffs at the end of the season?
5: Um, we, all want to, we all want to be successful. We all want to get promoted, our aim is to get promoted. So I think it's the most important thing is keep doing our stuff, keep sticking together and um, believe, in, believe in our ability and, and our team. Working, and I'm sure we'll do that.
0: And now we'll come on to um, a couple of questions we've had in on Twitter. Um, Jack next has asked a couple. Well, first is, uh, what's the future of Ethan Ampadu? David, have you heard any more on this at all? Well, uh,
1: it, it's impossible to say, really, <laughs> to be honest. You know, City had that whole uh, that whole sort of press release thing that went wrong, where they announced that he'd, he'd sign a scholarship form when it was in fact that he'd been offered a scholarship form. Uh, and since then, we've not heard anything. I think generally scholarship forms when players have signed them are announced at the end of the season so we might find out more then but for the moment I, I think it's just you know treading water in a way and just seeing what happens uh, I think I mean speaking earlier on about the drought changes for Charlton I, I certainly thought that Ampity could be a good, good shout in midfield but uh, I think we've just got to wait and see with him really it's, mm. it's sort of up to him whether he signs now I think the, the ball is rather in his court. Dan, what can you see the future holding for him?
2: I mean, I mean, long term, can I see him in an Exeter City shirt in a couple of seasons' time? I wouldn't have thought so. It's just, I suppose, in the short term, what you know, whether you know, I suppose a lot of Premier League clubs have been been rumored to take look, take a look at him, and whether that's they want to sign this summer or they perhaps want to give him another year of playing football. I guess, and kind of feel that if a club wants to sign him, they'll probably. They'll probably do it in the summer on the grounds that they want him in their academy rather than somebody else's academy, so they can get the best possible, you know, the training, getting integrated with the team, sort of get him used to you know, what it's going to be like playing Premier League rather than League Two. I mean, sort of the thing with do is he sort of the games he's played earlier this season, every single time he's played, he looked as if it wasn't an issue. League Two sort of comfortably. In the side, sort of one of Exeter City's best players, and I suppose various reasons—injuries, exams, yeah, schoolwork he's sort of just dropped out of the side. And you sort of think, well, Ethan Ampadu, you know, could be the kind of player that Exeter City need, you know, just to give him a run of games at the end of the season as a different option. But I mean, he, whether he'll sign he'll sign a contract, well, I guess we don't know the answer to that one. But I would suspect that. Exeter City won't be the only club offering him a, him a contract in the summer. Hmm. Jamie, how, um, if he was to I mean, any idea what
0: level he might end up playing at? Of that sort of thing?
3: Um, well, obviously he's been linked with all the big teams, albeit academy players, but I think if he was to sign for like a Man City or Arsenal he'd probably go out on loan, I would imagine, or stay in the academy for a while to get some more game time under him. Um, you know, he's definitely got the potential to be a really good player. i have seen him. Was it was at the Brentford game, I think. You know, a Championship team, and he was running the show against a Championship side. You know, and I think he's. Um, yeah, you know, he's definitely got the potential. I think it's going to take time. I don't think if a team signs him, you can't rush him in because he's still only 16, isn't he? So, and also, I don't know what's going on in terms of school. Is he studying GCSEs this year? Yeah, I guess that's why he's not been involved really so focusing on that um, if he does come on was to come on Tuesday I'd be a bit cautious because he hasn't really played much recently I can't remember the last time he
1: no but played. he's been playing reserve games I think he played right. a reserve game against Swindon last week mm, sort of the Welsh, Welsh yeah youth
3: he, youth he, youth he, youth
5: it's youth not like he games hasn't games there, so. yeah it's not like he hasn't been oh, playing so.
1: football he has been playing football yeah. just not for the not for the first team but um, one question I'm always curious
0: about him is what do you think his best position is you know, going forward
1: long term I would say midfield uh, at the moment I I mean with, with Brown and More Taylor though, you wouldn't want to put him at centre back because those, those two are sort of just more natural at centre back but I did like the way City played him at centre back to begin with because it meant he could face the game and everything was coming his way Rather than you know, if he chuck a fifteen-year-old into central midfield, he's got players coming at him from all angles, hasn't he? So it was a great way to bed him in. Um, I think you know, but I think now we we saw against. Um, I think it was Luton when when he hit the bar. You know, he he can play well in central midfield at, at this level. So I don't think, I don't think there's any reason why he why he sort of can't play can't play there at the moment, other than to perhaps protect him a little. But I think he's shown already this season he doesn't really need protecting him it's almost like he doesn't want to be protected.
0: Can we see him in a uh, City shirt in say 12 months' time?
1: Mm. I, I, I think <laughs> it's just impossible to say, to be honest. Just the nature of youth football and how young he is and sort of youth contracts, I, I, it's just one of those things, you, you sort of, you need to save him for, for as long as you got him really and not sort of question how long he'll be be with you for, just use him when you've got him. Mm. Um, Jack also asked What uh,
0: caused the drop in form I believe it means Exodus form Rather than uh, Ethan's But um, <laughs> Dan what,
2: what do you reckon It's sort of just so It's sort of hard to say Because they sort of It's the same team That was playing All those fixtures Around the Christmas January time When they're saying so well So whether They've been found out Sort of I guess a little Teams have started Doing their homework They've realised that The way Exodus Have played And sort of you know well, a lot of balls go up to Wheeler in the air, so we'll, we'll man Mark Wheeler, or we'll make sure that you know, even if he does win the header, we're going to crowd out Ruben Reed so he can't win the second ball, or just it's a couple of things. But there sort of just seems to be, you know, what was all that freedom that they had around that at that time is just just evaporated a little. bit they've gone back to being almost too defensive at home, sort of sitting back behind. Yeah, as they were in the start of the season, just too much space between the back four and the front two, which means they can no one can get in the game. And it's just I think they whether well, they've sort of just come had a look at the, the table, I don't know whether Cortis and they'll say nervousness. It doesn't feel like it's ner- it, that should be a reason, but maybe they are sort of looking over them sort of looking at the head and sort of thinking, Okay, we're in a we're in a good position here and sort of just panicked a little bit but I mean it was you know, they struggled at the start of the season, so it's not entirely unrealistic to to perhaps think that that great runner form was the outlier, and this is back to a natural kind of mid-table level, possibly. Jamie, you've seen plenty of
3: them this season. Yeah, I think I'd say the pressure's got to them. I think I think the start of the run, it was you know down near the bottom. It was like, okay, let's just pull away from um, the bottom and see what happens. And now we're in that position where ten games to go chance of at least making the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think it's just got perhaps to the head a bit. I mean, Tisdale said after the game that they look stressed. Like, right? You know, I, th- I think playing at home as well, the home crowd can always get on their back of it um, when things aren't going well. You know, at the Big Bank on Saturday and you know, it was so frustrating trying to urge the players on, but He's almost failing to do the basics, in a way, struggling to string passes together. Um, You know, can you blame tiredness or fatigue? I don't think so. I think, you know, a lot of teams have got more games to play with, trophy games and that. But, um, yeah, I think the pressure's got to them a bit. Mm -hmm. I think that needs to be addressed. I think, you know, like Tisdale said, they've got to relax and take it a game at a time and just... Um, get the confidence back. I think. Mm. Well, I mean that takes us to our final
0: question from uh, Mustafa Salem, who uh, he said, "Why did none of the players try?" Which uh,
2: I think we all agree was perhaps slightly harsh.
5: <laughs> but it wasn't a
2: lack of, yeah. so a lack of effort. It was a lack of sort of quality more than anything. I mean, on Saturday, it's hard to pick out a player and say, "I don't think you were trying." I don't think you were running around a lot. You, you know, it was. It was sort of, there was there was that endeavour by them it just between the tactics and the ability and the way the game went it just sort of the quality just wasn't there and then I suppose they sort of lost their heads a little bit in the second half and it wasn't there was no pattern of play there was no this is how we're going to get back in the game it's let's just lump the ball up up front or give it to Watkins or Harley inside their own half and hope that they can produce a bit of magic which is very difficult to do when the players are all marked or hidden behind players, and just a lack of, I suppose, creative ability, or sort of a, a real game plan, rather than a lack of effort from any of them. I mean, they they looked like they were trying, and it looked like it meant a lot to them when they, they lost the game. It's just, for whatever reason, it just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can accuse a squad. At any point in the season of having a lack of effort, really, you know, they, they do they do always sort of put a shift in, and I think you know fans can obviously get frustrated with with the way the game's gone. But I, I can't recall a, a single game in the season where I've sort of looked at the team and thought, "Well, that player hasn't put in a shift or something like that." They all do put in a shift for ninety minutes, but it's just a case of uh, sometimes it doesn't go your way. Well funny, just to round up, can
0: we have predictions for um Tuesday night? Any ideas, David?
2: Uh two one to City, I think. Dan? I think City maybe one nil, but a very sort of scrappy kind of game that won't live long in the memory, but will just do enough to get a win against my champion side. they're not they're not a great side, they should be a side you're putting away at home. And Jamie.
3: Yeah, I think there'll be goals. It's a big game, must-win game. I'd say. Uh, can't really keep a clean sheet, but yeah, two-one. So. To City.
0: To City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. Well, thanks very much for joining us, and um, we'll have another podcast after the Tottenham um, game later on in the week.